church. Hey, welcome everybody. I want to say a quick welcome to all of our services happening all weekend long at our Plantation Campus. Also want to say a quick welcome to our East of I-75 Gateway Community Campus. So pumped for you guys in Gateway. Come on, let's welcome them. Welcome. And just real quick, for everybody in all of our services, I hope you're staying warm. It is cold front season. Bundle up out there, okay? Bundle up out there. It's cold. And whatever you do, don't call any of your family or friends up north that have like three inches of snow or whatever in the Carolinas. Like, don't call them. Don't do it. I'm telling you. Well, this weekend in all of our services, we are launching a brand new series that we're going to be doing for the next four weeks called the ABCs of Financial Freedom. And for the next four weeks, we're going to be talking about money. Woo! Yay! Okay, listen, here's what I know. I know that any time someone like me who does what I do, a professional Christian, wait, wait, no, 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 <laughs> I, mean <a, laughs> I mean a pastor, stands up and says, yay, let's talk about money. Here's what I know. I know that there are some of us who are listening right now in one of our services and you're like, no, bro, no, come on, man. I invited a friend. Don't do this to me. Like, I know that that's the case. I know some of you others are like, bro, we'd rather have you preach on hell. Don't do it, man. Don't do it. Listen, I get it. Like, I understand that it is more cool in the church today to talk about sex, talk about relationships. Matt, teach us about time management. Do that message again. Teach us about the good times. Matt, teach us about the theology of God or heaven. Do any of those other things, but whatever you do, don't talk about money. Okay, with that rousing uh, anticipation from all of you, Thank you very much. We proceed, and here's why. Here's why. Because the reality is there's a lot of bad information about money floating around our world today. Think about it. There's a lot of bad information about money floating around our world today. And so we as a church, we as, as pastors, as people that, that you have given permission to be a voice of influence in your life, we feel strongly that we have a responsibility to teach you accurate and right information about money. And so can I be honest with you? We honestly believe that what we're going to talk about for these four weeks of this ABCs of Financial Freedom series have the power to change your life forever. No, listen, forever. So as a pastor, I'm asking you to lean in. As a pastor, I'm asking you to dive into what we're talking about, to engage, to, to participate. I'm asking you to do everything you can to be in these services over these next four weekends because we truly, truly believe that what we're going to talk about, finances from God's perspective, has the power to bring freedom to our lives like nothing else possibly can. It was earlier this year that we knew we were praying and we knew that, that the Lord wanted us to, to do a financial series this fall. And so as, as a leadership team, we were praying together and we were seeking out different resources and what about this one? What if we did this or took this angle or talked about this? And, and in that whole process, we came upon, across a book called The ABCs of Financial Freedom written by Pastor Barry Cameron, who pastors an amazing church in the Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas area. 
And so we got this book and we started to read it. Matter of fact, some of his family attends Next Level Church here in Southwest Florida. And so, uh, so we, we got this book and we started to read it. And sure enough, when, when, as we started to, to go through the pages of this, we're like, it's simple. Uh, it, it makes sense. It's uber practical, which around here, you guys know, that is our MO, man. And so here's what we said. We said, we've got to expose our people to the teachings that are in the pages of this book. We've got to make sure that we can do that. Like, they've got to have their hands on this. And so as we sought the Lord, as we started to pray about it, what the most effective and efficient way to get it into every single one of your hands, because we believe what's happened, what, what the information in this book has the power to change your life we said what's the way to do that and so after praying about it and talking about it as a leadership team you know what we decided we decided to just give it away we just want to give it away you're I know you're welcome so you guys yeah I am pumped so listen whatever service you're in at whatever campus you're in this weekend as you leave your auditorium this weekend, you're going to receive one of these ABCs of Financial Freedom books. And here's the deal. Listen, take one per family. Uh, that's the way, that way we have enough for everybody. Make sure we cover all of our bases. One per family. It is our gift, our seed to you because we just believe so strongly in this that we believe that if you'll read this book over the next four weeks, and trust me, it'll be an easy read. It's so simple and so easy for you to read. We believe it will transform your mindset about money. And here's the best news. If after you read it over the next four weeks, you don't feel like you got your money's worth, you bring it back. We'll give you a free refund. <laughs> Full refund, baby. You know why? Because we love you that much. You're welcome. Free book, you bring it back. We'll give you all of the free right back. That's what we'll give you. You know why? Because this is about financial free. Dumb. Boom. That, no, what, that, that joke wasn't even written in there. See, I'm on, I'm on a roll, man. I'm like butter. I'm on a roll. What up? All right, here's the deal. This weekend, as we start this ABCs of Financial Freedom, we're going to start with the letter A. And so this weekend, we're talking about our attitude toward money. Our attitude toward money. And here's what I know. I know that for every single one of us, and I want you to think about yourself personally. Don't think about the person sitting next to you. Don't think about your friends at work. Don't think about classmates at school. Think about your own personal financial situation. Here's what I know. I know that every single one of us have a present financial picture, if you will, a present financial state that our personal finances are in. Matter of fact, I've got four images, four pictures that I, I want you to see. They're going to put them on the screen. And I want you to see this because some of you right now, your financial picture looks like this. It's a beautiful day at the beach. And as you think about your personal finances, this is what it looks like. I mean, this is this gorgeous sunset. It could be, right, this could be Sanibel Island, right? Like this is like, the, in, the, when you, in your financial picture, that's where you're at. You have no debt to speak of in your finances. Everything's going fantastic. It is this beautiful beach day. And that is your financial picture. Others of you, your picture looks like this. It's, it's an average day. It's, it's people walking down the street, perhaps Starbucks in hand. It's, it's the sun setting in the background. It's, it's nice. It's pleasant. There's probably a cool breeze blowing between the buildings. And, and so your financial picture is, 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 is average. It's maybe above average. It's, it's a normal day out. And that's how you would describe your financial picture. But see, some of us who are sitting listening in one of our services this weekend to me right now, your financial picture is more of dark clouds. And even at the thought of me saying, think about your financial picture, this is what you see. 
It may not be raining yet. It may not be storming yet. But you know those clouds are hovering over you. And they're ominous. And you, you're, it is this dark hovering clouds. And you know that there's a storm coming. And for some of you, maybe a lot of us, we feel like this is our present financial picture. And then there's a fourth category of people this weekend. And that is you're in the middle of a hurricane. You're in the middle of a tornado. And your picture looks like this. And it's awful. And it's a tornado, and it's bearing down on you, and it's ominous, and it's crazy, and you feel like you're, you don't want to go to the mailbox. You don't want to open your email inbox that's your personal at home. And, and look at these bills, and the debtors, and the creditors, and all of these people that are just attacking you, and your finances, you feel like you are in the middle of a tornado. So my question to us this weekend is, which one describes our financial picture? Which one are we? Now, can I say something? And I want to be bold about this. Here's what we believe. We believe wholeheartedly around here at Next Level Church, we believe this, that God's desire for every single one of us is that we financially would live that beautiful beach day. That is God's desire will for your family that is God's will for your life that is God's will for your checkbook and your savings account that is God's will for every single one of us to have that beautiful picture that beautiful beach day that is God's best his plan for us we believe that and yet isn't the truth that most of us are living a different picture than that isn't that the truth that we find ourselves in? That the vast majority of us who call Next Level Church their home aren't living a beautiful day. Maybe we're living an average day. Maybe our finances are okay. We're keeping up. Maybe a lot of us are living those dark clouds. And everywhere we go, everywhere we turn financially, it's this heaviness and these dark, ominous clouds that are just holding us captive. My fear is, my fear as a pastor this weekend is that there are a lot of us who maybe feel like we're under those dark clouds, but even more feel like our finances personally are a swirling tornado. And we feel like we are in the danger zone in our financial lives. Here's what we believe. We believe that what is inside the pages of that book, we believe the content that we're going to talk about over these next four weeks has the power to change our financial pictures forever. Wherever you find yourself this weekend, whether it's in the tornado, whether it's in the storm, maybe it's just an average day, whatever. Listen, if you're in any of those three categories, then I would be willing to bet that most all of us are. We believe that what we're going to talk about over these next four weeks and read in the pages of that book is going to set the stage to give you and I, every one of us, the potential to change our financial picture forever. We believe that. We believe that is the power of these that these weeks of this series, listen, we believe that it's possible to change your financial picture for you, for your family, for your marriage, for your kids, for your grandkids, for future generations can be different because of what we're going to learn and talk about through these four weeks of the ABCs of Financial Freedom. We believe it, we believe it, we believe it. So how do we do that? Okay, great, Matt. You got us. You, we're in, man. Talk to us. What do we do? How do we change our financial picture? Well, when you came into your service today, you were handed a bulletin. Inside of there's a slip of paper. I would love for you to pull that out and follow along with me as we talk about four uh, things that we need to know 
four things that we have to do in order to change our financial picture. In order for our financial picture to look different, there are four things we have to do. And the first one is this. Number one, we have to have a vision. If we're ever going to be able to change our financial picture, then number one, we have to have a vision. Look at what Proverbs chapter 29 verse 18 says. Proverbs 29 18 says this, without a vision, people perish. Wait, wait, wait. Like, like perish? Like die? Yeah. Without a vision, people perish. Another translation says it this way, without a vision, people cast off restraint. In other words, without a vision, they are unrestrained. Sound like anybody's financial picture? Another translation says it this way, without a vision, people go their own way. Whoa. Think of that. What if that's true? What if that's true concerning our personal finances, that without a vision, a picture of a preferred future, a goal, a dream, our finances will simply drift along with whatever whims the culture throws in us and says we have to have to have to have. Without a vision of, of a dream, a picture of our preferred financial future, we will simply cast off restraint. We'll become unrestrained financially and we'll just go our own way. What if it's true that without a vision, a dream, a picture of a preferred future for our personal finances, we die? We are destined to live in the tornado. So here's my question, Next Level Church. What's your vision? What's our vision for our personal finances? Do you know what it is? What is it? What is the dream? Let me ask it this way. What do you dream of doing one day when you close your eyes and envision yourself in that beautiful beach sunset picture financially? What does that mean? What does that look like? What do you dream of doing? What, is, what does that look like? What does that beautiful beach day look like and mean to you financially? See, next level, here's what I believe. I believe the reason so many of our financial pictures don't look how we wish they did is because the picture of nearsighted desires is clearer than the picture of farsighted dreams. Come on, you got to get that. I believe that the reason why the vast majority of our financial pictures don't look like we want them to look today is because we have allowed the picture of nearsighted desires, urges, cravings, New shirts, new purses, new cars, new bigger, better, shinier, beautiful, brighter, whatever, to be a clearer picture than the far off dream of saying that's where we're going, that's what we're looking like. And listen, here's the deal. When our far off picture, our vision, our dream for our personal finances is clearer than the nearsighted stuff and we're focusing on that, guess what happens? These don't look as important anymore. That's the power of vision. That's the power of vision, Next Level Church. And when it comes to our personal finances, we have to have a vision. So here's your first piece of homework. Between now and next weekend, write down five or six things that in your mind categorize what that beautiful beach day picture financially means to you. Maybe for some of us it looks like getting out of all debt, except for the debt of our home, our mortgage. 
Maybe for some of us, if you're renting an apartment or a condo right now, maybe for you, your dream is we know we will have arrived at that beautiful beach day picture financially when we can buy our home, our first home. And that's what that beautiful beach day looks like. Maybe for some of us it's a dream vacation and you've always dreamed of, of, of cruising around the Mediterranean on a 12-day European blah, blah, blah cruise. Maybe whatever it is. Listen, I'm telling you, write it down. The Bible says write the vision down. There's power in writing it down. Why? Otherwise, you'll never know when you get there. What does it look like? What does that beautiful beach day, sunset, financial picture look like for you? Maybe for some of us it looks like living and being able to, to write checks in a generous way. So when someone comes to us with a need, we can, we can write a check and meet that need. When someone in our church stands up and says, hey, here's an opportunity, we can, we can write a check. Maybe for some of you, here's the definition, that you'll be able to one day add a zero to your check. And that's what it means to you. That I want to get to a place in my personal finances where when I go to write out that check and be generous to the Lord and what he's doing on the earth, I can add a zero. That's what the sunset looks like. Come on, let's lift up our eyes next level. Come on. What's possible if we would actually get that far off vision clear? I think the nearsighted stuff would start to get fuzzy and fade away. So what does it take to change our financial picture? Number one, it takes vision. Number two, we have to have the right thinking. We have to have the right thinking. The truth is most people have wrong attitude and wrong beliefs about their money. See, when it comes to our money and our money problems specifically, here's the reality. The reality is that most of us don't think that we are the problem. We think our problems financially are external. They're, they're out there. In other words, that, well, if I, just, if, I had, uh, if I had more money, then I wouldn't have as many money problems. Well, so a lot of us say, well, if I just had a better education, well, you know, if I just made more money, like if my boss would stop being such a loser and actually pay me what I'm worth, then I would, then my money problems would be fixed. Well, if I just could get a better job, well, if I just had a better opportunity, well, if I could just get a raise, and we think our money problems are external, we think they're out there, but they're not. The truth is, our financial problems begin and end with us. That's like going to McDonald's every day for like a year and then suing McDonald's because you're fat. Which actually happened. Welcome to America. We laugh about it with McDonald's, but it's true, isn't it? When it comes to our money problems, we have to be willing to own it. We, and that means we have to have the right thinking. Here's what Proverbs chapter 23 says. Look at this. I love this verse. Proverbs 23 verse 7 says this. For as he, you and I, thinks in his heart... So is he. Another translation says, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. In other words, however we believe, the attitude we have, the thinking we have around our money matters. Because however we think our money is going to be is, the Bible would say, how it is. Our attitude and our beliefs about money create our reality. So if we believe that money is a necessary evil, then guess what? It will be. If we believe that money in our life is something that we're just never going to have enough of and it's always going to be storm clouds and are always going to be dark and ominous, then guess what? That's going to be our financial picture. If we believe that money in our life is always going to be the tornado, then guess what? It will be. Whatever a man thinks in his heart, so is he. We have to believe that our financial picture can be better. Do you believe it? Come on, next level. Do you believe that your financial picture doesn't have to look like a tornado forever? 
It doesn't have to look like dark clouds or even average. Do you believe God could really have a preferred financial future for you? I do. He does. What does it take to change our financial picture? Number three, we have to have the right attitude toward God. If we're ever going to change our financial picture, then we have to have the right attitude toward God. See, when it comes to the area of our money, at the end of the day, it ultimately comes down to an issue of control. Can we just be honest about that? And when it comes to our money, doesn't it ultimately come down to an issue of control? If you want the big Bible word for that, it's the word lordship. See, we often talk in Christian circles like this about Jesus being our Savior and our Lord. Well, he wants to be Savior and Lord, Savior and Lord, Savior and Lord. Okay, well, what does that mean? Well, those two distinctions of Jesus are actually two very different things. When we talk about Jesus being our Savior, we're talking about him forgiving us of our sins and accepting us as a son or daughter of God, embracing us, accepting us into his family, that salvation thing. We get saved. We receive salvation. Jesus is our Savior. But when we start talking about lordship, it, it, it changes everything because lordship, allowing Jesus to be Lord of our life, is, is all about control. Matter of fact, Wikipedia actually defines lordship this way. As supreme power or rule. Now watch this next level. If we're ever going to change our financial picture, then the way we do that is to surrender our personal finances to the lordship of Jesus Christ. It's essential. You and I will never change our financial picture unless and until we surrender our finances to the lordship of Christ. Well, how do we do that? Well, three ways uh, specifically. Here's the first one. Number one, we have to acknowledge the sovereignty of God in our finances. We have to acknowledge the sovereignty of God in our finances. Simply put, we have to acknowledge that everything belongs to God. That's the starting place of it all, that, it, that we're never going to be financially free. We're never going to change our financial picture until we're willing to acknowledge that all we have belongs to him. One of the greatest leaders in all of, 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 of the world ever was King David. And King David understood this. King David got this right. Matter of fact, there's this interesting passage in 1 Chronicles chapter 29 where King David is, is talking about this very reality, that all he has, all he's been given, comes from God. Look at this. I, I want you to see this. First Chronicles 29, starting in verse 10. Here's what it says. David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly, saying, Praise be to you, Lord, the God of our father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Verse 11, look. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor. Look at this phrase. For everything in heaven and earth is yours. Everything in heaven and in earth is yours. He goes on. Yours, Lord, is, is the kingdom, the kingdom that he ruled. You are exalted. Look at this. As head over all. Verse 12. Wealth and honor come from you, David said. You are the ruler 
of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Verse 13, now our God, look what he says, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. And then look, he gets all introspective right here, verse 13, but who am I? And who are we, the people? Who are my people? That we should be able, look at this part, to give as generously as this. David's reflecting on, can you believe we get to participate in what God's doing by giving in an offering to be generous? He's like, can you believe it? And here's why he can't believe it. Next part. Because everything comes from you. And we have given you only what comes from your hand. Holy moly. What's David saying? David is saying, God, it doesn't even seem fair. That you would allow us to participate in what you're doing on the earth. That you would give us everything and then allow us to generously give it back to you so your work can exist on the earth and then give us the credit? Aye, aye, aye. That's crazy. David is blown away. Why? Because he acknowledged that all he had been given came from the hand of God. See, David understood that there's a difference between ownership and possession, isn't there? There's a difference between ownership. Business leaders, this one's for you, okay? Because you know this to be true. Let's, uh, so many uh, business leaders, you own businesses or you work in a department and you have a, a company vehicle. Okay, so, so let's say that, you know, you call in one of your guys on your team. You're like, hey, okay, here's the deal. I need you to take the company truck. I need you to go across town, and I need you to pick up 50 boxes of this material that we need, and then come on back. All right, good. Okay, so you talk to the guy. You know, you hand him the keys. Okay, he goes out to the parking lot. He boop, boop, finds it, you know, and that was pretty good. He, he finds a truck, and he gets in, you know, starts it up, and drives across town, the company truck, okay, and he gets to this supplier, and he goes over there, and he hands him the purchase order, you know, and they look over, okay, 50, whatever, okay, you need 50 boxes, okay, pull around the back. So he jumps in the truck, pulls around the back of the, you know, the supplier's place, and, and they open up the thing, and they, they load up 50 boxes of the material that, that his boss needed, okay, and they put it in the company truck, okay. So, so then he signs off on a little deal, okay, and then he gets in his truck, and he starts it up, now, if that guy in that moment, come on, business leaders, if that guy in that moment was like, you know what, got me 50 boxes of something, pretty nice truck, let's go to Miami. Okay, unless he lives in Miami, which for the sake of our story, he probably doesn't. It's not okay, right? Why? Well, obviously, because... He doesn't own the truck. I mean, he's in possession of it, but he doesn't own it. Well, he doesn't, he doesn't own the 50 cases of the material. He couldn't go out and just sell those or do whatever he wants with them. No, no, why? Because they belong to the boss. They belong to the company. Because there's a huge difference between ownership and possession. Okay, so watch. Why is it so simple for us to understand this in business illustration terms, but when it comes to our personal finances with the Lord, we get a little tripped up? Because it's easy in our world today, isn't it, to think that because we possess it, then we must own it. The Bible says that that's not the case. King David understood that. So, so how do we change our financial picture? Well, we have to have a right attitude 
toward God. And the first way we do that is to acknowledge the sovereignty of God. But then secondly, we have to recognize that whatever we have is on temporary loan from God. In other words, we don't own it. We simply possess it and are responsible to use it however he says we ought to. So we're never going to change our financial picture until we recognize that what we have been given is simply on temporary loan from God. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2 says it this way. Now, it is required that those who have been given a trust, not a truck, a trust, must what? Prove faithful. In other words, must not run off and sell the 50 boxes in the back of the truck. Must not run off and drive to Miami and do whatever they want. No, no, no. It is required that who, whatever you and I have been given, we must be faithful with what we've been entrusted with. Because we've only been entrusted with it from our maker, from our creator, from our master, temporarily. How do we change our financial picture? Here's the third little piece of this idea of our right attitude toward God. We have to get more wisdom then. We have to get more of God's wisdom and we have to apply that wisdom to our finances. So what does that mean? If, if it's really true that we're not owners, we're simply possessors of temporarily, then it is incumbent upon us as Jesus followers, as his children, children of God, which is what we are, then it is incumbent upon us to seek God in his word, the Bible, to find out how he wants us to possess and steward all that he has given to us. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 says it this way, but seek first his kingdom. Don't take off from Miami. Don't go sell the boxes on the street corner. No, no, no. You don't own them. Seek first the master. Find out. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. In other words, seek first what God wants for your personal finances. Then look what it says. All this other stuff will take care of itself. All these other things will be given unto you. It'll be figured out. You'll know exactly the right way to handle your finances when you seek first the kingdom of heaven. So how do we change our financial picture? Well, we have to have a vision. It starts with that. We have to have right thinking. We have to have a right attitude toward God. And then finally, number four, how do we change our financial picture? We have to change our actions. We have to change our actions. Listen, we can talk all day long about attitude and change your attitude and change your attitude. Okay, listen, but at the end of the day, when it comes to our personal finances, at some point we have to stop talking about attitude and we have to start talking about action. At some point, we have to change what we're doing. And, and by doing that, I, I, would, I would submit to us three ways. The way we change our actions financially is in three ways. Number one, we have to trust God. We have to trust God. Why? Because God alone, God alone is the only one who can make our financial picture look different. Some of us, a lot of us, have been trying to make our financial picture look different. We've been wishing it so. We've been wanting it so, and it hasn't worked. What if we trusted God? What if we allowed God to get involved in our finances? I would contend that that's the only way for us to change, truly change, our financial picture. Number two, what do we do? It's going to require self-denial. Self-denial. Listen, getting into debt and financial trouble is easy, isn't it? I'm afraid some of us know that all too well. 
Getting into debt, getting into financial trouble is easy. Listen, getting out is hard. Let's make no mistake. Going from tornado to storm clouds or from storm clouds to average or from average and normal to beautiful beach day is hard work. But it's possible. It's possible. It comes down to the price we're willing to pay. Listen, nothing good in our life is ever easy, is it? So my question to us from a pastoral standpoint is what price are we willing to pay? Listen, we as a church have made a decision that we're going to do whatever we have to do to create easy opportunities for you guys, every one of you who call Next Level your home. If you don't, if it's your first time, I mean you too. Come on. We want to make it as easy as we as possible for you to change your financial picture over these four weeks. So here's what we've done at both of our campuses, starting on Monday night, for, on Monday night for the next four Monday nights, the four Monday nights of November, we are going to be hosting an ABCs of Financial Freedom workshop. Four Monday nights for one hour from six to seven. Child care is provided six to seven. And the cool thing is, Pastor Barry, when he did the book, he also did a practical workbook with this. So the book is yours for free. We have the workbooks available for five bucks, which I think is our cost. So there you go. And in both foyers, at both campuses, listen, Monday night, four Monday nights for one hour. How do we do this? How do we change our financial picture? We read the book. And then my challenge would be that every single one of us come out and sit around round tables and sit with people who are a couple of steps ahead of us financially that we can work through these uber practical work uh, pages in the workbook. For $5? Are you kidding me? Four Monday nights? Listen, it it really comes down to this, right? When it comes to changing our financial picture, we have to trust God. There's self-denial and then there's self-discipline. Here's the question. What price are we willing to pay to see our financial picture change this month. 30 days from now, your financial picture could be completely different than it is today. 30 days from now. I can almost hold my breath that long. (sighs) What are you willing to do? For some of us, four Monday nights for one hour is too great of a price. And so we will continue on indefinitely living in a tornado living under storm clouds. You know why? Because we aren't willing to take four Monday nights to sit around a round table with people who couldn't care less, couldn't care more, and love us to pieces and work through a simple, practical workbook. That's too great of a price. No, Matt, I can't do it. Okay, then there's your sign. There you go. For some of us, reading this book is too much, and we're like, oh, dude, six chapters, what? I know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Can you believe the audacity of this guy? All the way to G. But we won't do it. Some of us will take the book and we'll go, no, it's too hard. Some of us, we love shopping more than we love changing our financial picture. We love our lifestyle. Some of us, we love pretending our lifestyle by using debt more then we love changing our financial picture. So the question is, and I'm not trying to be a punk, I'm just trying to challenge us. 30 days. It can be all different. Read the book. Attend on the weekends. 
come on Monday night, whatever campus you're at, I'm telling you, it could change your life. It could change your family tree. How do we do it? Trust God. We're going to have to trust Him. Self-denial and self-discipline. We're going to have to get disciplined in some ways financially that are not going to be fun for a while. But they're going to change our life forever. So Next Level Church, welcome to the ABCs. We believe these could be the four most powerful weeks of your life. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you. Thank you, God, that you don't just make us live in a financial world that requires money from the day we're born to the day we die, and then even after, because we've got to get buried. But God, thank you that you give us provision and insight and knowledge so that we can be better, so that our finances don't have to, to look like the world says they have to look. God, thank you that your word gives us instruction for the financial zone of our life. And so, Jesus, I pray over the weeks of this series that we would be utterly transformed as a church because of the truths that come from your word. Jesus, thank you, God, for putting us in this place at this time so that our lives will never be the same. We pray this in all of our services. Everybody who agreed said,